0: Welcome to Five Star Weekly, an incoming new Atlanta United player and a championship winning player linked with a move away. We get into all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shark fam. I'm AJ and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu to go. Check out Thinking Man Tavern. So the dates for the season have been confirmed for now, but the official date of uh, most of when the games will happen will be April 3rd, which is a little bit of a ways from now. But uh, the aim is to play a 34-match schedule, The training camps will begin on February 22nd, and the playoffs will run from November 19th through December 11th, and so it's going to be a long year of uh, Atlanta United Soccer, so that's good, but we will be starting a little later than uh, we were intending, and that's kind of due to not only because of COVID, but because uh, maybe the CBA kind of talks are still kind of ongoing. Uh, the uh, the two sides reportedly will meet again prior to Wednesday, and uh, MLS is still kind of holding fast on its deadline of January 28th, so these negotiations could extend beyond this date, but we shall see. Uh, the... Yeah, you have some of the MLS All-Star Game stuff and those type of festivities uh, that are still planned to happen in the late summer. League's Cup, Campionis Cup as well. And yeah, you know, that's uh, ambitious still, but uh, I think, you know, very, very interesting maybe how late it's going to start. What are your thoughts on, you know, all this news?
1: Yeah, um, I guess, you know... uh it's, it's not totally surprising. I guess it's not a huge uh, difference in time. You know what I mean? Normally, it would be uh, early March, late February. So it's about a month they're pushing it back. Um, it's probably the responsible thing. You know, obviously, uh, MLS and uh, as other sports leagues are trying to be optimistic in terms of, um, you know, trying to pull pull this off uh, while we're still, you know, struggling with the pandemic. But, uh yeah, I mean, I guess you know, every everything just gets pushed back a month. Essentially, it's funny, like uh, when MLS Cup was played in early December uh, three years ago, or I guess two and a half years ago. Uh, you know, there was a whole you know trying to start the season earlier so we can you know do all that earlier, and then we're yeah. obviously because of things out of their control, just right back where <laughs> where they were before with that. Um, Pretty much, it's also, for sure. yeah. Um, with the start with the start of the league, uh, that. Date being announced, it pretty much goes in line with CONCACAF, uh, which we're going to talk about next. But uh, yeah, CONCACAF round of 16 is going to be April 6th to 8th. And so, like, the same week that MLS starts. So, uh, that's Just nothing a changed in that regard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed in that regard either. I guess uh, the only difference now is that CONCACAF won't start during preseason. But uh, yeah, um, it's a yeah, little bit mean, better,
0: right? But yeah, there's yeah. still a lot of complications in terms of being in form. And so, uh, yeah, we definitely kind of are up against it again uh, in that regard of having to uh, kind of ramp up very, very quickly still again. And uh, I think most of this preseason, uh, there will not be the uh, option of friendlies against you know any other teams. And so that's another thing that will be something of a complication in really you know, having a proper preparation for a, a season and yeah, that's uh i I'm sure going to have an effect. Don't you think? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually. I uh, didn't even think about that. till you mentioned it, but yeah, that makes sense. But uh, unfortunately, I mean, we'll we'll say, I mean, these early weeks are going to be very interesting because you know, it's not, it's ramping up for essentially playing a game every two days. Um We'll see. I mean, probably it may not be pretty early on for a lot of teams, including LA United, but uh, right. we'll just we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially uh,
0: with Gabriel Haynes say, yeah, still, you know, like he just got in and yeah, uh, you know, definitely it will be an acclimation period for sure, especially with his coaching style and what he wants to do mm-hmm. with the team. So it will. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's a a little bit of time before then, but without the option of playing those preseason friendlies, that's just going to be really, really difficult. But uh, someone to maybe help in this regard with maybe some of that veteran presence with the TS is uh, Ford Lissandro Lopez, who is now officially an Atlanta United player. Uh, Darren Eels, he... tweeted with uh, his, you know, customary kind of uh, very kind of uh, discreet clues tweet with a $1 zips around racing hero with uh, emojis of racing cars. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, uh, Lissandra Lopez. Yeah, uh, in terms of how Bocanegra described him, he... Uh, says that he's a veteran goal scorer who will strengthen our attack. We're pleased to add a player with his his experience and qualities to our club. He brings leadership and a winning mentality, having won various league and cup titles throughout his career. We feel that he will have a positive influence on our younger roster. And yeah, definitely we do have a fairly young roster. I mean, there's... Uh, I think only four guys over 30 on the squad. Uh, and, you know, that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, a lot of our very promising guys as well are uh, very, very young. Uh, and maybe the likes of another Lopez and Eric Lopez uh, can really learn from the likes of uh, this Lopez. But it seems like they really went all in on that uh, that veteran presence Again with the TS, uh, especially even in the uh, the way they announced him. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on this finally being official?
1: Uh, you know, I'm glad they got it done early. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad they uh, this is obviously a player that they wanted, that the manager wanted. So, uh, you know, now that they're they're going to be able to have him from the beginning of preseason, uh, which is important for the veteran presence with the TS. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, it, it, it certainly can hurt, you know, especially with uh, the roster being that young. In fact, that's that you just brought. I didn't even think I didn't even know that until uh, you just mentioned it. But again, it makes sense. You know, you think about the uh, MLS Cup winning team. They, that team certainly had some veteran presence. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it also seems to be not too high a cost, which I think is important because, you know, mm-hmm. you don't. You certainly you have to think about uh, salary structure at the end of the day. So exactly. This seems so. To be-
0: yeah it yeah. is a uh it is a supplemental roster um you know uh i think spot on this the the team and uh yes he will take up an international spot <clears throat> which uh i mean like we mentioned last week isn't always a problem with l a united we have found ways to get around that for sure with uh green cards and all that type of stuff so uh you know it won't necessarily uh, maybe be the biggest hindrance, but, you know, obviously it does take up, uh, you know, some valuable slots, but, uh, you know, is it an actual, like, hindrance to the, the team? I mean, yeah, I think you were just mentioning it. It's something that, uh, I think the, the trade-off could be something that pays dividends, so, you know, uh, maybe that's the, the, uh, you know, the, the kind of Thing we have to weigh is you know we have to to take the good with the you know the little bit of um, you know maybe not bad but maybe something that could uh, prevent us from getting some other players that we might want but again I think this will be okay we can breathe easy that the you know the front office uh, with the addition of Paul McDonough back again will uh, be able to figure that out but And and this is
1: too, and we're going to get into this, right? But I mean, like, this is not going to be the only player that Blaney Knight brings in, ideally, you know? So, you know, like, let's let's judge the whole window, you know, instead of, like, necessarily picking apart each and every
0: move. Right. And, I mean, in terms of what Lopez uh, brings on the field, because, yeah, we talked about all the kind of intangibles, I guess, uh, off the field, but uh, in terms of on the field, I mean... You know, he not only comes with all that experience of, uh, you know, kind of not only be able to, uh, you know, score with kind of a good efficiency, which he's done throughout his career. He's scored 17 goals in a season, 16 goals in a season for Lyon. Uh, he's also scored 17 goals in a season for Rossing Club. Uh, there are, you know, I think in terms of what he can bring, uh. Like, it will be something different than what anybody else on the roster can really do. So, you know, that's something that I think uh, helps us at the end of the day. Not only in some of the kind of secondary competitions, but definitely in the league as well. He, he is probably going to be that super sub to come on and, you know, kind of uh, hopefully terrorize some some uh, tired defenses. So, yeah. anyway. Or maybe uh, occasional starts like uh, Giroud. Or like Giroud at uh, at Chelsea, sure, yeah. But um, yeah, let's move on to a uh, apparent another done deal in that uh, Franco Ibarra, the 19 year old defensive midfielder from Argentino's Juniors, is uh, the deal is done, according to Cesar Luis Merlot. has not been announced or official yet. But uh, yeah, last week we also reported that uh, Alejandro Giordano said that the offer could be more than $3 million with a 20% sell-on fee uh, for like 50% of his rights as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that seemingly is coming in. Uh, the Twitter account Football says that uh, in terms of how he plays because yeah, there's not much video on him still Mm -hmm. uh, says that he is optimistic with the ball. uh, And he thinks that some will be very ready for after last season. He could shield the back line or be the go between for Moreno, but he's not really a metronome. So yeah, I think uh, there are a lot of people that have uh, in terms of uh, kind of stat uh, kind of sites have said that he's, I think more of a defensive midfielder, even though some people have said that he's more of kind of a central midfielder and an eight mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that's, you know, he's more of a six. He's more of a guy that does the defensive things well and might not be kind of the, the nagby guy that really keeps it clicking press resistant type of uh, player. But uh, I think we have that with Moreno. We have that with, uh, you know, Hosetu just slightly, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what, what are your thoughts if uh, Ibarra is brought in officially at these prices? And, uh, you know, from what little we know, because mm-hmm. he has played pretty much about 10 games in his very, very young career.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna uh, kind of quote uh, Josh Bragianski on Twitter about this, but I wouldn't get too caught up in the in the you know the roles, the six, is he a six, is he an eight, or whatever. Um, I think that most midfielders are somewhat versatile, and depending on who their manager is, is going to fulfill a certain role. Um, and, you know, and how competently they do that, how well they do that. Uh, I think it depends on, a lot on the the setup, the tactics, his teammates and so like for example I think Eric Rometty is somebody who you know you could say he's kind of a 6 he's kind of an 8 but um, you know his best impact is when he came in that first season under Tata and alongside Nagby and Nagmi and Rometty, uh formed a great partnership and were key to um, the certainly the playoff success in 2018 and I would say any success we had in 2019 really um, <clears throat> so I think that's What'll be interesting to see is how Ibárra fits in alongside Hasetu and Moreno and others. And uh, you know, what kind of role he ends up playing. Uh and I guess we're expecting a four three three, you know, so you know, assuming he's the holding midfielder, uh, in that role, let's let's just say. Um, yeah. you know, and how it's know how... that
0: it will be kind of fluid though, of course, right. in Gabriel Haynes' right. system. It's uh yeah, very much you know, uh any player that moves forward, there will be a player that will uh, have to fill in that position in the back, uh, you know that type of thing, and it just moves very fluidly. Um, so, you know, there is not as rigid in terms of positionally that type of stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. Finish your thought, though. Sorry. No, that's fine. Like, and that's an
1: excellent point. You know what I mean? So, like, that would again speak to the versatility of. Um, of Ibarra and, you know, and the others, you know, and the Wally still, they'll, they'll need to be versatile in order to play in the system. So, right. uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just mostly curious to see how he fits um, alongside these two, because I think there is an advantage in bringing in a player this young, right, and who hasn't had that many professional appearances. He's kind of, uh, he's unmolded, you know, and so I think right. there's an opportunity for Antti to, to, to mold the young player into the type of player that he wants him to be. So, right. uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I hope this gets announced soon, and I hope he, you know, he's able to train with the team soon.
0: Yeah, malleable, if you will. Yeah, a player. Yes, that, exactly. You know. Uh, so speaking of Eric Rometty, there is a transfer rumor regarding him, and according to TYC Sports, Independiente, uh, Ezekiel Barco's old club, is reportedly interested as uh, for Rometty as an option, and uh, yeah, he has worked with. Uh, The coach, Faucioni, that is the current Independiente coach before at Bonfield from 2016 to 2018. So they are familiar with each other. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, should we let him go? Should uh, Rometty be a guy that is an outgoing transfer?
1: I mean, I guess it would free up an international spot, right? Uh, well, actually,
0: he uh, he does have his green card. His green so. card. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: I don't want to see him go. I guess it's the issue has been ever since Tata left. Really, there's always been um, this sort of question about what is his best role where does he fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those where you gotta you gotta trust the manager, you know. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like Rometty has a role in his system. Uh, You know, I guess you got to let him go. Um, You know, then it frees up a... Because you don't want to stick the manager with a player that he's not going to use, right? Then nobody wins in that situation. Uh, So, you know, if it's a case of, all right, you move Rometty on to bring in another player that the manager wants, I guess you have to do it. You know, like we already... Uh, reportedly have bought, have signed one midfielder you know maybe they have another in mind maybe there's another position that they want to address so yeah. but I don't, I don't want to see him go I would definitely be sad if he left but you know it's just it's one of those things that uh, you just it comes with the territory
0: right and so I mean it's uh definitely I think uh, for me he he's a player that's kind of kind of divisive in, in, a, in a lot of ways I mean, Uh, Of course, yeah, he had that impact when he came in in 2018. Uh, He kind of, uh, you know, fell out of sorts in terms of favor with uh, Frank DeBoer as the manager or head coach. And uh, definitely last season didn't play very much uh, and probably was a little bit disgruntled. uh, But still a a very, I think, uh, good servant for the club and always um, someone that's good in the, you know, uh, the locker room. But I think in terms of what he brings on the pitch, it's kind of just always been a little frustrating for me. Uh, he's not always been the strongest tackler for me and in a position where he has to pretty much maybe be that lone pivot or uh, if he's in a double pivot, he's still probably the more defensive of the you know players that are brought in unless he's playing next to a Mo Adams. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that can keep things clicking, I think, uh, you know, passing-wise, but he's not as press-resistant as, say, a Nagby, I and mean, he doesn't get forward as well as, say, you know, others uh, as a central midfielder. He's kind of that in-betweener between that kind of 6 and 8, and yeah, you know, maybe it's in uh, Gabriel Hainsey's system. Uh, it could be good, but yeah, he's always been that guy that's just more, um, he's that bulldog that just runs around. And, uh, you know, really compress from midfield. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately there's just not enough uh, on a consistent basis for me to, I think, warrant if he is going to go, then I think we need to let him go. And so, you know, depending on what we can maybe get for him as well, it could help kind of replenish the coffers a little bit as well. Uh, for us to get maybe more of a better fit, uh, especially when we have a lot of, I think currently, we have a lot of misfits in our midfield. Uh, we have a, guy, a lot of guys that's, I mean, and it's probably because of MLS reasons that, uh, you know, we can't bring in guys that can really do it all, you know. And uh, that's kind of just kind of the nature of the, the beast in the league. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm still a massive fan of the Shimetti. But it's just uh, just very difficult for me to, I think, justify continually having, you know, Eric Rometty kind of when he you know, he's if he's not being played very much. Then, yeah, we might as well try to get something. Um, so let's move on to uh, a congrats for Miles Robinson and George Bello for making the 25 player U.S. men's national team roster. And that's in advance of the USA versus Trinidad and Tobago match on January 31st in Orlando. And congrats again to Bello for pretty much being the first academy player to make the U.S. men's national team. That's huge. And uh, that's, uh, you know, no... uh, You you can't shake a stick at that. That's really, I think, something that's... um, you know, big for the academy and the club. Uh, Greg Burhalter, the uh, the head coach of the U.S. men's national team, has mentioned though he does have a lot of work ahead of him to probably get a starting spot. But the fact is, you know, he's on that roster, and uh, I think big congrats to our homegrown for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, f- for you being a uh, you know a you know TNT. Feller, <laughs> I think yeah. you you were born in a uh, TNT, correct? Yes, yeah, I lived there until I was eleven. Right. Uh, how do you think that's that match is going to go? Um, I mean, <laughs> the US should wreck. Honestly, like
1: uh. Trinidad and Tobago, uh, kind of fall on hard times. as the uh, the TTFA. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they were almost like reprimanded by FIFA and the whole. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's funny because of course you remember, uh, the loss to Trinidad that knocked the U S out of the world cup. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that team was not good. The team that Trinidad put out was like a lot of players who hadn't, who didn't have a lot of caps, you know, it was like a lot of second choice players because Trinidad were dead last in the, in, in the hex. And so that to this day, that loss is shocking to me. And uh, now I guess every time the U.S. uh, play Trinidad, they're going to take them seriously, which I guess kind of sucks from a Trinidad standpoint. But uh, the other thing, I mean, Mm -hmm. the U.S. also is just a lot better, even in that short space of time. I mean, uh, look at all the American players playing uh, in Europe, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's... Yeah, I don't... uh, From a Trinidad standpoint, I don't expect much from that matchup, except maybe some guys get some
0: experience. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, Speaking of that experience, uh, L.A. United Academy midfielder uh, Johnny Fortune, uh, he got his first call-up to the senior Trinidad and Tobago national team. And so, uh, yeah, he is joining the uh, the TNT, uh, you know, uh, ahead of that match as well. Uh, Fortune, he's an 18 year old Uh, I mean, I think pretty much there's probably, like you probably mentioned, it's a little bit shallow of a, uh, you know, in terms of depth wise for TNT Mm -hmm. to, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so them to choose an uh, Atlanta United Academy player uh, I think, you know I think he deserves the plaudits, but it, it is also, yeah, kind of indicative of what kind of player pool that they have to choose from, but yeah uh, yeah, one thing I would say, yeah go ahead yeah
1: yeah. one thing I would say too I mean I would like to see more Trinidad and Tobago players in MLS academies I mean that would be one way I think for the program to be able to uh, recover and at least be competitive I mean you know Trinidad made the World Cup in 2006 and they were in the final stages in the previous World Cup cycle and, then, and the World Cup cycle after that and I mean like the 2018 World Cup cycle you know uh, they've typically been one of those uh sites that you know will at least has a good chance of making it to the final six and so um you know like they are capable of producing good players is i think right now the uh the issue is the structure and the pathway for talents, and so uh hopefully you know uh, more um uh, men's and women's players can play in the u.s and you know sort of develop that way to it's a good competitive environment right now, especially uh, the United States, is in terms of soccer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was it was a little bit heartwarming to see that you know not only a player come from an MLS, country, but from LA United itself. That's great, you know. Yeah. So maybe uh, maybe he'll suit up for the Five Stars one day.
0: Possibly, I mean, yeah. Uh, anytime you're uh, you know a full-blooded international, there are definitely looks uh, that people will give, uh, to you. And so that's, uh, definitely good, um, in terms of like, yeah, being maybe scouted from, uh, you know, teams from around the world. So, uh, but yeah, Fortune has played for, uh, not only Charleston, uh, no, not, not only LA United too, but, uh, yeah, he has, uh, done well in those, uh, you know, appearances as well. And so, It's a a big congrats to Fortune. But let's move on to Joseph Martinez. Uh, He has been seen and he posted a uh, IG story of him in shooting practice, uh, shooting with his left and his right, uh, pretty much target practice. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it's not exactly uh, blow your socks off uh, in terms of the pace at which he's uh, doing these drills, but... It definitely is great to see nonetheless uh for him to be able to get really more pretty much back into the swing of things and um, yeah some of those were taken very well uh, you know I think definitely uh like a good majority of his right footed ones have been accurate, so you know good to see there uh mm-hmm. but in terms of when it was posted around uh other places. There's a lot of people that don't follow Joseph Martinez and they were shitting all over him. Uh, they were like, Oh, this is just like MLS pace. It's uh you know, this is uh you know, so slow, blah 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 and it's just like you guys have to realize, like, you know, he's just coming back from rehab. Like it's <laughs> it's uh something that's they they're just ignorant to it and it's just kinda of funny mm-hmm. to see that there's always some that, that person that has to say something about you know, MLS and he's <laughs> like, they say, oh, he'll never cut it in Europe or something. And that's right. just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, anyway, let's move on to the MLS Super Draft. And Atlanta United, they traded their number five pick uh, for the 32nd pick to D.C. United. So they had D.C. United had the fourth and fifth pick. But uh, we got, in exchange, $125,000 in GAM and also the number 31 pick. So, uh, you know, it's very interesting what we did with it because what was supposed to probably be a player that maybe was picked in the top 10 and maybe someone that we would have picked with the fifth pick uh, fell all the way down to us with Josh Bauer. Uh, He was the 31st pick. Uh, he's a 30 or he's a 61 defender from New Hampshire and he also made three appearances with the Birmingham Legion in 2020 so you know very very I think uh, interesting that we were able to get a player that we had on our draft board uh, that was probably our top pick that we wanted and not only that um, yeah he has been uh to the Atlanta United training grounds before he has trained with us, uh, and so that's probably why they had seen him before. And uh, yeah, I mean, congrats to Bauer, uh, the defender. Uh, and also, uh, we were able to pick with a 59th overall pick, uh, Aiden McFadden. Uh, he's a 5'10 senior from Notre Dame, and uh, he is an attacking midfielder, a guy that some have likened to John Gallagher, as a guy who not only works hard, uh, can play across uh, pretty much the front four positions, and uh, a guy that can create, you know, his own shot and uh, you know get some goals for the team. So, uh, you know, a good project as well to get in the super draft, but definitely, I think you know, in terms of uh, maybe need are these guys that you see that maybe could break into the first team this year?
1: Um, not really. I think that, uh, in both position groups, you have players that are probably ahead of them. Players who, you know, even at their, at at a comparable age coming out of the Academy and so forth. Right. Uh, like uh, George Campbell, for example, is one of our center backs. Um, so, Probably not the first team this year, but I, I would be curious to see them at LA United to see how quickly they can, um, you know, sort of break into the first team, you know, maybe even earn a starting role. I mean, like that, that in itself would be an achievement, I think, in, t- in terms of this season. So, um, yeah, interesting prospects, particularly the borrow one. Yeah. Um, you know when prospects fall it's like what does that even mean you know like who you know who's prioritizing what at the top of the draft or whatever um i think a lot of that is guesswork but it's certainly an interesting prospect i mean i like seeing 6-1 you know what i mean (laughs) that's not a you're 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 getting an athlete you know that so um yeah i mean you know i've open expectations for these guys really
0: yeah uh, so let's move on to also another player that had formerly played for LA United 2, Daniel Steedman. Uh, he has been chosen by Austin FC as the 28th overall pick. Uh, and so he played 16 games for LA United 2 last season. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty frequent uh, squad player for LA United 2, but uh, maybe in terms of, you know, an overall impact type of uh, player probably wasn't going to feature too much, uh, you know, going forward for the twos or the first team as well. So uh, Austin FC gets a, a guy that has uh, USL experience, and if he breaks into their first team, then it would be great to see uh, kind of another, uh, you know, Atlanta United product get into the uh, pretty much... Uh, pretty much five stripes as well with Austin FC who are uh yeah if you've seen their their kits it looks pretty much like the Atlanta United <laughs> 2017 kit except it's green but you know so they're probably there are a lot of things that they are uh you know I think uh borrowing from us <laughs> but anyway.
1: What's uh. Yeah, um, I guess I guess we don't own it, right? Yeah, also we don't. Interesting, by the way. Um, uh-huh. this whole thing about uh, players in the draft that have played for USL teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, yeah, because USL team, like, I thought you had to be a professional to play for those teams. So I guess, I guess not.
0: You know. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of academy players that do, uh, you know, play for, um, you know, the USL teams as well. I mean, it's pretty much kind of. It's like a fluid type of... Uh, <laughs> they're not hard and fast, it seems. Right. So... Just interesting. Know. Just interesting, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, let's move on from that. And LA United and LA United 2 will be dedicating the number 44 to Hank Aaron. and Hank. Uh, yeah, the, I think uh, what should be the home run king in Major League Baseball. But uh, unfortunately, yes, Henry Aaron passed away this past week. And uh, I think his the reverberation around the sporting world, I think, indicates how much of an impact he made, uh, not only in Atlanta, but certainly in Milwaukee as well, where he uh, applied a lot of his uh, his trade as well with uh, the Milwaukee Braves. But uh, definitely, I mean, you know, kind of fighting racism not kind of but definitely fighting racism and maybe even some on his own team at times unfortunately uh there are you know just i think major things that uh you know hammer and hank was able to do for the sporting world for uh black americans and probably uh, black people in the sporting world all all over the world. So uh, I think this is huge. It's only for this season, which I think a lot of people had some, you know, uh, uh, I think problems with, like, why is it only this season? But I mean, I think mm-hmm. you 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 don't really see a lot of numbers being retired in soccer in general anyway. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, this is something that's definitely a little bit different to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you know, they can hedge their bets, essentially. They can, if it goes well, then maybe they can extend it a season or make it forever. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's a good first step. They don't have to, you know, I think dedicate it completely. I think the Braves, you know, them yes. doing that. That's absolutely, you know. Right. That's, that's that, it was already done anyway. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was actually, yeah I was going to ask you, yeah, his number is retired for the Braves, right? Because it absolutely exactly. should be. Yeah. Right. So, so
0: yeah, um, you know, any thoughts on uh, you know the number forty-four being retired for Hank Aaron?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a good step, and I agree with you that it doesn't have to be extended beyond the season. You know, like because uh, I think the Falcons and the Hawks are doing it too. Um, I think you know an acknowledgement. You know, uh, use this season as like a celebration of his life, but you always remember him. You know, like you you won't forget him and his impact on the city. And like I said, it's most relevant to the Braves anyway. Um, I just wanted to say a word too about you know, I was just thinking about uh black players in baseball, you know, and at one time and you know specifically african american players and um at one time it was a more uh you know common thing you know you don't see it as much anymore, and I think there are different uh uh demographical reasons for that, but you know he's um yeah a lot of a lot of black players had a huge impact on the sport and Hank Aaron was right up there with him. You know, he's a hero for a lot of Black Americans and a lot of Black American baseball fans. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it hurts. I mean, like, you, you know, at least he uh, got to live a full life, so to speak, you know, but. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's just when it, it still shocks you yeah like just like you, you you think he's gonna be around forever
0: yeah right he, he seems so, like uh you know just a, a mortal being but i think his memory will be definitely immortalized and that's uh that's mm-hmm. without a doubt uh so yeah. let's move on to uh something that's i mean uh, i think a little happier for sure um so miguel almiron he scored for newcastle against Leeds United. Uh, unfortunately, it was a 2-1 loss. But, uh, yeah, Newcastle has been struggling. But uh, Mickey has also been kind of... Uh, it's been difficult for him to kind of uh, get into the side at times. But his celebration uh, kind of indicated that he might be having a baby. So congrats to uh, the Almirones for, uh, you know, getting pregnant. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they will uh, pretty much... It will be very interesting... You know, like if they stay in England, how this kid will, uh, will grow up? in, you know, is he going to be a magpie? Is he going to be, you know, someone that s- speaks with that, that accent as well? It'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. But uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably. I highly doubt that uh, he's probably going to stay there for that much longer. He's probably trying to make a move. But anyway. Or uh, his so, agent, yeah. Yeah, definitely his agent for sure. But uh, anyway, so that does it for the news, and we will have a mailbag this week. So, uh, yeah, you guys send in these questions through IG Story, so please continue to do so. We might answer your question in the future. But first question comes from John Barton, 35, with 28 appearances in 2019-20. Does Lisandro Lopez still have a lot to, still have a lot left to give even at his age? What do you think? Depends on how you define a lot. You know what I
1: mean. Like, I hope we're not expecting him to play too much. You know, like you said earlier in the show, super stub, maybe occasional start. I think um, his his presence is the most important thing. It's, it's like the biggest draw for uh, Lane United making that move. Um, so, I mean, like, I think if you manage his minutes, you can you get a high impact. But if you, you know, it's sort of that thing. Where it's like the more he plays, the less impactful he'll be. So, and so he'll have to try to strike the balance, I think, in that regard.
0: Yeah. And also make no doubt about this as well. That's uh, pretty much Rossing Club fans were very distraught to see him go. He was the captain. He was the guy that's, uh, you know, I think they all look up to. So it's not someone that they were very keen on seeing go, even though he is 37. Uh, seemed like, you know, they thought that he still had a lot to give. So, you know, Licha Lopez, as uh, a lot of their fans keep reminding us to call him. Uh, that's the thing, though. I mean, he's Lissandro Lopez to us because he hasn't played for us yet. We don't know. You know, we don't know him like that. So, <laughs> but, uh, but we will... Come to learn uh, how he plays and if he earns his nickname, which he definitely has other places, but then we will call him Leacha Lopez. But anyway, uh, next question comes from Dom Yermian 20. Do you think we have a chance at signing back Tito?
1: Uh, in the short term, no. I think he'll probably be still too expensive to really justify bringing him back unless it was a clear need for him. Um, and it's also the kind of thing where, you know, the more time goes on, you know, which e- with each passing year, it's less and less likely he comes back because he simply wouldn't be the type of player that United typically sign. Um, so uh, I, I would say that there's like a 10% chance that if he ever comes back. I wouldn't bet on it
0: yeah i think uh if we ever sign him back it's probably you know kind of a more feel-good type of signing and maybe he's uh you know accomplished some more things um but i think currently right now yeah like you're saying price tag uh his fit in the team uh especially he's not a lock-in as a starter either it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to bring in tito fischelba But uh, next question comes from Oliver Murphy 13 thoughts on Miggy's time in England so far.
1: You know, to be honest, it's uh, what some of us were afraid of, you know, like I think he's done and I think he's done. Okay. uh, In terms of, um, I guess his goals and assist returns per 90, if you want to break it down like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he's in and out of the team and then it's, Newcastle just don't have an identity as a team you know like they're pretty much uh in the relegation battle every year even though they're a kind of a big club I mean like this was a, a team that competed for league titles in the 90s you know mm-hmm. um so I think that we were kind of joking about it before but I do actually think that uh Mickey and his agent would be trying to look for a move in the summer to uh probably to, and I think he's a more natural fit in uh in Spain, perhaps Italy. Um, I think at that point, his athleticism would uh, be a real advantage, you know, in terms of uh, the pace of those leagues. So, um, yeah, I just it's 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 really difficult to thrive at Newcastle, especially for the type of player that Mickey is.
0: Yeah, and you know, he keeps being played kind of out of position in a lot of senses. Where uh, I think. You know, his most successful uh, periods for LA United were as, you know, an attacking midfielder or as a second striker up top. So, uh, you know, him kind of, you know, not in those spots, it makes it a little bit more difficult because he is such a direct player. He is, uh, you know, a guy that uh, can terrorize defenses if he's a little closer to goal. And, you know, it's just uh, he's probably having to drive too far from from deep in. Uh, it kind of nullifies some of his uh his most um you know prized weapons in his game, but uh he is also you know in terms of Paraguay he is kind of the second most successful in terms of goal scoring uh Paraguayan in uh in and around the world next to Roque Santa Cruz, so that's you know nothing to shake your stick at either. Uh, so he's done fairly well in that regard, if you're looking relative to his country and, and his uh, compatriots. But uh, definitely, I think you know uh, we all want Mickey to do well. It's always exciting when he scores. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know could he have been doing better? Yeah, and it's a lot of it is uh, system and the team he's on. So, but uh, next question comes from that Vivian. Did any fans go to the airport to welcome Hensey? I'm gonna go ahead and answer that. Uh, yeah, it's like in this in this uh, pandemic, um, I don't really know that that would have been very wise for anybody to do. Uh, but uh, if anyone was there, uh, you know, please post in at us uh, if you did see him. But I believe the team obviously knew he was there and then took photos. But uh, I highly doubt that uh, there was anybody there to do that. Not the most safe thing to do nowadays right now. But uh, anyway, next question comes from KCT Photography. How have you all been? Hope 2020 is a better year for you and all the five-stripe fam. What do you look forward to the most when it comes to Hainsey's coaching ability? Uh, KCT Photography, thank you uh, very much for the nice message and hope 2021 is better for you as well. But uh, yeah, what do you look forward to in terms of his coaching ability?
1: Um, to see what his man management is like, you know, I think ultimately that was the biggest downfall for Boer. And so, you know, when a new manager comes in, you kind of, you know, it's that kind of thing. Where it's like, OK, you want the opposite or, you know, you want to go in a different direction, uh, especially when that that coach was fired. Right. So uh, I'm, I am looking forward to his man management ability. You know, there's something that's been lauded before his ability to develop young players is also something I'm uh, curious about. Um, you know, that'll certainly be important for us, especially with this particular squad. So, yeah, that's I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, I echo what you just said, and also I think, um, you know, I think his system is going to be very, I think, something that's going to be exciting for a lot of fans. Uh, just the the pressing, the counter-pressing, the uh, kind of fluid system. It won't be as rigid as uh, Fractobor, so... Uh, it's something that is uh, something that I'm very much looking forward to, uh, especially if you, if you watch Leeds or if you watch you know, uh, some of the other teams that he's, or coaches that he's inspired by. It definitely is like, something that you want to see Atlanta United be able to do because it's, it's very exciting. But uh, next question comes from Merkaba Gaming. Uh, what are the realistic expectations for a successful season in Hainsey's first season?
1: Uh, Playoffs. Playoff berth, you know. Uh, has the uh, I, I'm assuming we're going back to the old uh, playoff structure with six teams from each conference, but uh, six or seven. Uh, but yeah, I think that's fair. You know what I mean. Um, in terms of putting together a run or whatever, and I, I don't know about all that. I mean, we'll have to see how the team develops as the season goes along, because uh, I mean they're going to be kind of learning, and you know, like we talked about before, with no preseason. Um, they're going to be kind of learning from day one of the season actually starting, so mm. um, yeah, I think uh, you know, we, we do have a talented roster, and uh, theoretically, in say you know, is one is a top coach, one of the top coaches in MLS, so um, I think playoff would be a reasonable expectation,
0: yeah. Uh, I agree there. Uh, I think realistic, uh, and maybe also want. Maybe different things, but um, I, I want us to be able to get, you know, some top four. Uh, I think that would be, uh, you know, at, at least in the Eastern Conference is what I mean, but that would be mm-hmm. definitely, I think, uh, realistic and something that would be, I think, constituting a successful season. So, uh, next question comes from Ethan Boken, 776. If you could add a six to Atlanta, preferably a designated player, who would it be? He says. I would add Fausto Vera. So Fausto Vera, uh, interesting player. He's a uh, Argentina U23 player, 20 years old, plays defensive midfield. Uh, According to Transfer Market, has a $9.9 million uh, market value. And so definitely a guy that's, uh, you know, is going to cost a good bit, uh, but definitely seems to have a lot of potential and has played uh, 16 or so games in the league for Argentino juniors. So a guy that's maybe ahead of Franco Ibarra uh, in terms of that. And I guess if we uh, wanted to go that route, um, you know, spend that much on a defensive midfielder, then he would be a decent shout. Uh, for me, I would go with maybe a Gustavo Asensau. Uh He's a Brazilian defensive midfielder. Uh, yeah, he plays for FC Sao. I'm not uh, Brazilian, nor do I speak Portuguese, so apologies for butchering <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, also seems to be a very promising player, 20 years old, is part of the Brazilian U23 squad as well, and uh, has a good bit of experience uh, in that league. So that's my shout. Do you have a shout? um yeah, maybe okay, a moises so Caicedo a... that uh right right, right. still so has not, still not signed close. with brighton but is close uh,
1: okay okay <laughs> um so two names that come to mind like i can't you know speak on south american town in terms of identifying um a defensive midfielder specifically but uh well i'm sure there's a lot of good ones out there so sticking closer to home you know we were linked with johnson gonzalez before um that is certainly a player I would be excited about, uh I signing and uh and then stay even in the league, uh LAFC's Edward Atuesta, I mean they would never mm-hmm. ever let him go. But like if for whatever reason, like if Aline I could somehow uh pull off that uh that purchase or That signing would be a coup. Yeah, I mean that would be amazing, right? Like if because that's the thing, like when you're dealing with another MLS team, you can't even really use real money. You have to do like Garber Bucks, which like there's no amount of Garber Bucks that's uh, that would be worth it, I think, for LAFC to give them up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's a player that I really like and uh, would love to see in the in the five strikes.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think at that point, if we uh, spent those type of Garber Bucks, we might arguably have to bring him in as a designated player. So yeah, that would make a little bit of sense there, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, next question and last question comes from Bartimus prime at 19 if you could change one thing about our crest what would it be Mm, you go first because I yeah uh... okay so uh, I mean I think it's a very very attractive crest already Uh, and if uh, if it was a little bit more like a a shield I would uh, I would appreciate that maybe Um, you know I like those uh, obviously because you know arsenal and all that type of stuff but uh i think the the thing that we could add the most that i would appreciate would be another star so maybe a couple <laughs> other stars <laughs> what about you mark uh,
1: <laughs> aj with a diplomatic answer uh, um uh it's i'm
0: not the most creative so maybe i'm not
1: the one to answer this question
0: yeah i mean <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, there there could be some more things. Possibly, I'm trying to like jog your your uh, you know your answer here. Uh, maybe more Atlanta centric. I mean, part so, of I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe like a, a a tiny I don't know
1: train or tracks even uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. I mean, like, I like the crust a lot to me, you, know? you know, it's not but I, I, I like the uh, the kind of. If you look at it, the A has kind of a 3D effect, which I always appreciate.
0: Right. Um, There's a little bit of, uh, you know, the uh, kind of spike as well in the A. So mm-hmm, with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how the the top of the A is uh, set up. So there is already, I think, a lot of nuance to it that, uh, right. you know, I think looks really good. So. Yeah, not a ton I would change, but yeah, if we want to add a couple stars, it's totally good with me. But, uh, <laughs> maybe
1: add the year that the club was founded and, you know, the AC like Milan cross test.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just seems a little extraneous to me. Yeah. Uh, seems, <laughs> yeah, just extra stuff that doesn't necessarily have to be there, but, um, i think you're just grasping now probably but (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) but uh anyway so that does it for the mailbag thank you guys for sending in the questions and it gets us to the question of the day and the question of the day is how much onus do you put on veteran presence uh does it really help a squad is it important to you let us know in the comments below And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.